Great to have you here. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors, and I just got back from that little town that we just sang about, right? Oh, little town of Bethlehem, right? So uh, I just got back. Some of us from Lakeside and some friends from another church nearby uh, teamed up together, and we went on a journey into Israel, what is often called the Holy Land, and we just looked around. We went to places where Jesus lived and where he walked and where he talked and where he did amazing things like Galilee and into Jerusalem and then into this little town called Bethlehem. And it's not exactly the same today as it was back then, uh, a lot of differences, but uh, some, some interesting similarities between that little town and our little town. Right? So when we went there, they have, they have churches. Now, those churches didn't exist when Jesus was there because churches started after Jesus, right? But they had these churches. The one on the left is called the Church of the Nativity. And underneath all that bling back there in the back, there's a grotto. And it's where they believe Jesus was actually born. I don't know if he was born there or not, but that's the site where they, like, that's where it is, they say. So we got to visit that. So they have churches. And in our little town, we have churches, Right, we have a lot of churches around our town, so some of those. That one on the bottom right, that's the first place that, our, that Lakeside Church actually owned a building. Where, you know, we were a couple places before that, but that was our per- first permanent church. I don't know how permanent it is when you're only there 10 years, but you know, it's like permanent, right? So anyway, so they have, they have churches in their little town. We have churches in our little town. We have coffee shops in our little town, like lots of them. Some of you go to all five of these every day pretty sure. And, uh, and they have coffee shops in their little town. <laughs> Seems to me somebody probably got in trouble at one point for using the wrong name, so they figured out a way to do something different. So yeah, so our towns aren't, you know, they're, they're, they're somewhat different. They're somewhat alike. We have some similar, similarities between our little towns. Bethlehem is no longer really a little town. Folsom's no longer really a little town anymore. Kind of a small city these days, I think. But uh, that's true of Bethlehem too. It's really, it's a bustling city. Uh, and it's on, the, it's on the west bank of Palestine. So it's not really a city of peace. So you remember the story, we're going to get to it in a minute, but you remember the story with the, the angels saying, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And the little town of Bethlehem is not all that peaceful today. They've built a wall to keep the people that live in Bethlehem out of Israel. And so not everything is peaceful in that little town. A lot of ways that their little town is like ours. They had politics going on in their little town. Sometimes the politics were influenced from a long ways away. Like they had an emperor. He lived in the city of Rome, hundreds of miles away from Israel. But he had influence there, and he makes it into the story of Jesus. His part of the story is found in Luke chapter 2, where it says this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Then everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. 
Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on the earth, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what, they had, been, what had been told them about the, this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. And so you have this emperor hundreds of miles away who's involved in and influencing this story. And then you have another man who was also a ruler, was also a political power in that generation. He was crazy King Herod. They didn't call him crazy king to his face because he was crazy. He would take you out. But they called him crazy behind his back because he did all these crazy things. Very, very paranoid about what was going to happen in his life and to his kingdom and all these things. He was a builder. He constructed temples and palaces and and fortresses around the nation of Israel. And he he didn't live very far away from them. Sometimes he lived in Jerusalem, which was about five miles to the north of Bethlehem. Sometimes he lived in a in a place called Herodian, which was about three miles southeast of them. It was a mountain that Herod himself built so they could have a fort just outside of Jerusalem. Some people think that when Jesus talked about having enough faith to move mountains, that he was actually talking about the Herodian that someone actually moved and built there. Well, King Herod makes it into Jesus' story as well. His part of the story is found in Matthew chapter 2, which says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel." Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and and said, Go search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another round. The emperor shows up in the story. The crazy king, Herod, shows up in the story. When Jesus was born, there were a lot of characters in Bethlehem. And after he was born, more characters came to Bethlehem. And all of them wanted to meet this baby Jesus. All of them wanted to see what was going on in Bethlehem and what was going on with this child and what was God up to anyway. And so they made their way to this little town to see. Angels came 
first ones we hear about are angels that, that show up. And when they, when they came, they sang songs about this little baby that was born there. Now, you don't, always, you don't always know angels when you see them. Do you know this? Part of the New Testament scripture, one of the letters to the Jewish uh, Jesus follower said this, Don't forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to, to angels without knowing it. Like, you don't, you don't always know. When you come across an angel, you don't always know. You can't just tell by looking at them that they're an angel. He said, make sure you show hospitality to everybody because you never know. So was that a homeless man I saw playing the piano the other day on, on Sutter Street? Or was it an angel disguised as a homeless man? You never know. Angels came and they sang songs of praise to God for sending this little child, this little baby king into the world. Not only did angels come, but guests came from out of town. Some of you have guests here today from out of town? Some of you, yeah, some of you do. Yeah, you don't have to play the game. You don't have to show your hand if, you don't, if, you don't, if you're not happy about it. It's like, yeah, 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 I got guests. Or like, yeah, I got them. You know, I, I don't know where you are with that. Some guests came from out of town when the baby Jesus was born. For a long time, we knew them as wise men. Now we, temp- we tend to call them magi. And there's some part of that where, where it sort of describes them as magicians, but they're not really magicians. They're scientists. They're astronomers. They, they watch the heavens. They track the movement of the stars across the sky. And they saw this star, and they said, we have to go. There's a king that's been born. And how they knew that from the stars, I have no idea. But they had an idea because they were scientists. If they were alive today, they might be computer programmers, right? Tr- designing a system, designing some app to be able to follow the stars across the heavens. The, you know, I'm sure they have an app for that. And the people that designed that app are probably magi. I know this for sure. They're smarter than I am. And so there's, here's these guests that come, and they come from out of town. And they're wise, and they're generous. They bring gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh they bring gifts of shiny things and beautifully smelly things probably not the right right way to describe them as smelly but like beautiful things that smell good right and so they brought this stuff and they came from out of town now they're there to visit because they want to see this baby king that they've been tracking across the country and you may have guests in your house today and maybe they're wise like the Magi. Maybe they're generous like the Magi. Maybe, maybe your company's more like Cousin Eddie. <laughs> I don't know. Don't look. Don't, you know, don't look down the row. If they're here in their bathrobe, you kind of know. And then there were neighbors from down the street that came. We know them as shepherds. It says they were watching their flocks nearby. They just lived on the outskirts of Bethlehem. Bethlehem was a little town. They weren't very far out to be able to get there. And so they came from down the block, really, to come and see this baby that they'd heard about from the angels. Their job was to guard the food supply of the nation of Israel and the city of Jerusalem and the little town of Bethlehem. They were shepherds. They watched the sheep. They were neighbors. And we have neighbors all around us. Some of them live next door to us. Some of, some of them serve our food to us when we go out to eat. Some of them shepherd the births of our children. 
Some of, the, some of them make us chocolate. And some of them provide gold for us. And they're neighbors. And every one of those neighbors wants to or at some point needs to come into contact with this little baby Jesus. Because this baby is unique. Among all the babies ever born in the world, this baby is unique. And, you know, every baby can draw a crowd. Every, Every baby has superpowers. You know this? Every baby has the superpower to be able to make adults talk baby talk. You don't do it to anybody else, but when you see a baby, like, do, 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 you know, whatever, however that thing works, right? Doesn't even have to make sense. Every baby's beautiful. Ask the parents or ask the grandparents. Every baby has some superpowers to be able to attract attention and to get focus from people. But this baby was unique of all the babies that have ever been born. He changed the world. He changed the town. He changed the Magi. They traveled across the countryside. They traveled the world to see this baby. And when they saw him, they outmaneuvered a king to save this baby's life. This baby changed the lives of the shepherds. They couldn't stop talking about him. Everywhere they went, they said, have you seen the baby? Have you seen the baby? Have you seen the baby? Because he was different than any baby they'd ever seen before. And now people in our generation, people travel the world to get to Bethlehem to see where this baby was born. By the thousands they go. This baby was unique. And he was unique because he was born to be king. Now, you could say, well, there, there are other babies that are born to be king. I mean, there, there, we still have some royal families in the world today. There, there are other babies that are born to be king. There's a little boy growing up in England right now, and someday he's going to be King George or King whatever name he takes. And everyone like, wants to see the, like, the little baby who's going to be king. And so there have been other little babies that grow up to be king, but there's never been another baby that was born to be king of kings and lord of lords. And that sets this little baby, Jesus, apart from everybody else. Now, you may be a person who you say, I I, I follow Jesus. I I love the story of Jesus. I love it from the the birth announcement to the birth to his growing up to his ministry years. I I love everything about Jesus. But you might be someone who goes, I'm a little skeptical. I don't know. I mean, how do you know that this little baby was born to be king? What makes you so certain that that's how the story really rolls out? When he showed up and he began as an adult to preach to the people of Galilee and to the people of Jerusalem, when he showed up, his message was this, the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near you. That means the realm of God, the things that are true where God lives, they've come right into your midst, right close to you. The kingdom of heaven has come near. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you're like, yeah, 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 I get that. And if you're a skeptic, you go, how do you know the kingdom of God came near? Well, maybe you would know because Jesus healed people. He healed the blind. He healed the lame. He healed the sick. did amazing things like that. 
And some of you nod your head and go, yeah, 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 I love that part of what Jesus did. And some of you go, yeah, but doctors and nurses and medical professionals do that today all the time, right here in our little town. That's not unique. So some would say, well, yeah, but you know the kingdom came because Jesus fed people. He sometimes like fed thousands of people at one time. It was amazing. And you look around, you go, yeah, but that happens right here in our own little town. We have restaurants, which maybe doesn't count, but we have a food bank. That counts. That doesn't really set Jesus apart that much. Some of you say, yeah, but Jesus came to bring hope. He brought people hope. And I go, yeah, right on. He brought people hope. But some of you, if you're a skeptic, you go, yeah, but, you know, other people bring hope. I mean, isn't, isn't, that what, isn't that what the food bank is for? And isn't that what Folsom's hope is all about, is bringing hope to others? Isn't, isn't that what they're doing? I mean, that's not unique. And so then you say, well, Jesus died on a cross for us. And that's big. Jesus, the way we understand it, as followers of Jesus, we go, yeah, he died on the cross. He died to take our sins away, to make us right with God. Like, that's a big deal. But if you're a skeptic, you go, yeah, but that whole dying on the cross thing, that didn't make Jesus unique because there were hundreds of people that died on crosses in the Roman Empire. That was just their way of executing people. That was just normal for them. And by the way, the people that died on crosses were criminals, So if you want to lump Jesus in with those, that doesn't make him unique, but it does make him a criminal, at least in the eyes of the government and the religious leaders. You might even say, you know, in our own little town, Folsom used to be death row for California. You can go over to Folsom Prison. If you ever get a chance to get a tour in there, you can go into the cafeteria where Johnny Cash did his famous concert. And right around the corner from that cafeteria, there is a, there is a, two st- a two-story scaffolding where they used to perform executions on criminals in California. It's not unique. You don't know that Jesus is king because of all those things. You don't know that Jesus is king because he healed people. You don't know that Jesus is king because he fed people. You don't know Jesus is king because he gave people hope. And you don't even know that Jesus is king because he died on a cross. The only thing those things tell us is that Jesus loves people. That he loves us. That's what you know from those things. He healed people, fed people, gave people hope, died on a cross because he loved us. But that's not how you know he's king. There's only one way you know he's king. There's only one thing that Jesus did that lets you know for certain that this baby in the manger in that little town of Bethlehem on that day, that that baby grew up to be king. There's only one thing that tells you that. And that's Jesus' resurrection. It's all about resurrection. And I know you thought you were here for Christmas, but it's really about Easter. (laughs) But without Easter, Christmas is just another birthday party. It really means nothing. If there's no resurrection, you don't know anything about Jesus. All you know is that he loved people. But if Jesus, in fact, rose from the grave, that makes him unique. And it declares him king. Now, this king 
when he came and he began to talk to people, he, had, he gave everyone who would listen to him, he gave them an invitation and a command. One invitation and one command. The invitation was really simple. He said, follow me. People follow a lot of things in our world. People follow a lot of things in our culture. But Jesus said to all of us, he said, follow me. And there have been people for the last 2,000 years who have been staking their life on Jesus saying, I'm going to follow him with everything that I have. He said, follow me. And to those who decided to follow him, he gave them this command. Love one another as I have loved you. Everything he did, everything he told us was about this command. Love one another as I have loved you. Because when people love others like Jesus loved us, it changes everything. It changed that little town. It changed that nation. It has changed the world. Nothing had the power to change the magi like the love of Christ. Nothing had the power to change the shepherds like the love of Christ. Nothing has the power to change your neighbors or your neighborhood like the love of Christ. Nothing has the power to change our little town like the love of Christ. And nothing has the power to change you more than when you love others as Jesus loved you. That's the calling of this little child. And the invitation that Jesus gave to people 2,000 years ago is the invitation he still gives to us today. Follow me. Lean into faith and follow me. And love one another as I have loved you. It will change you. And it may change the world. Jesus, I pray for that to be true of us. There's so much going on at Christmas, Lord, with, with our traditions and customs and things these days. We have parties to go to and food to eat and presents to give and receive and unwrap and enjoy. So many things that go on at Christmas. But if this holiday is anything, Lord, it's a reminder of your invitation and it's a reminder of your command, your calling to us. So, Lord, I pray for us. There are many in the room who would say, oh, I, I love Jesus with everything I have. I'm, I'm following him. But there are probably some among us who have been thinking about you but not yet deciding. And, Lord, what, what more beautiful day than Christmas Eve to say, Jesus, I'm in. I'm going to follow you. So, Lord, if there are some that are telling you that today, would you hear their prayer and say yes? And, Lord, there are many among us who are like, that's what I want to do. I want to live my life to love people like Jesus loved us. Lord, if there are people that are talking to you about that today, hear their prayer. Say yes, as you promised to do. Lord, we're so grateful to you for everything that you've done. Live out your love through us for the sake of your kingdom. Amen.